Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Monday morning. This week, starting with new threats of severe weather coast to coast. We are tracking it all. It is January 16th. This is today. Never ending soaking rain returns to California as yet another storm takes shape. It's been two and a half weeks of almost nonstop rain. While snow and ice target millions from the Midwest to New England, we'll have your full forecast. Breaking overnight, hope fades for finding survivors after a plane with 72 people on board crashes in Nepal. The final moments caught on camera. The black boxes now recovered what they could reveal as investigators here in the U.S. look into a frighteningly close call between passenger jets at JFK Airport. Demanding answers, new calls for the White House to be more forthcoming about those classified documents discovered at President Biden's Delaware home. A new batch just this weekend. The hypocrisy here is great. We're very concerned about a lack of transparency. Even a leading Democrat now saying it's possible national security was jeopardized. A live report from Washington just ahead. Triumph to tragedy. A University of Georgia football player and staff member killed in a car crash just hours after a parade to celebrate the school's national championship. We'll take you inside the investigation as tributes pour in. All that plus mystery in Maine. The search for America's newest billionaire after just one winning ticket was sold in that historic Mega Millions jackpot. And playoff thrillers. The Cincinnati Bengals use a historic 98-yard fumble return to defeat Baltimore in a game that came down to the final play. The Bills hanging on against Miami after the team's emotional reunion with DeMar Hamlin, while the New York Giants upset Minnesota as Tom Brady and his Bucks step into the spotlight against the Dallas Cowboys. Today, Monday, January 16th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning and welcome to today on this Monday morning, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chanel Jones alongside Tom Yamas, Savannah and Hoda are off. If you are a football fan, it was quite the weekend. It was a wild week. And let's talk about the Bills, of course. They're beating the Miami Dolphins. I wasn't too happy with that, but DeMar Hamlin, so look many at people, this. Exactly. So we're so happy that he's getting better. And then how about the Bengals? It was crazy. This play that we're going to show you, this was the last play of the game, but a play before that, a fumble recovery was wild. On top of all this, Chanel, we haven't even talked about the Jaguars-Chargers game, one of the biggest comebacks ever. That's why people love the games. Yeah. We'll have more on that coming up in just a bit. But we do begin today with the latest round of severe weather, including that near-constant series of storms across the West. Yeah, 7 million people are under flood watches this morning. Today's rain, get this, the 10th system to hit that area since Christmas alone. Mm. The death toll rising to 22 people over those three weeks. And it comes as parts of the Midwest and Northeast brace for some severe weather today. We have it all covered for you today, including Dylan's forecast. 
but we'll start with NBC's Dana Griffin. She's in California, just south of Santa Jose. Dana, good morning. Guys, good morning. This area pelted with rain over the last several hours. It's actually starting to let up a little bit, but this region has been hit with back-to-back weather systems that have soaked communities now desperate to dry out. Another atmospheric river battering the Golden State. In the mountains, whiteout conditions where up to three more feet of snow is expected to bury the Sierra Nevada. At the same time, heavy rain is falling in places that have been soaked for weeks, putting 7 million people under flood alerts. Some areas could see up to half an inch of rain per hour. It's like a freaking monsoon out there. With 10 storms since Christmas, the combination of more rain and highly saturated soil may do even more serious damage. This section of Highway 9 closed for several weeks because, as you can see, so much heavy debris has fallen, and this is an active mudslide. They now believe the road below is compromised. President Biden has approved a disaster declaration for this county, as well as Merced and Sacramento, all to help the regions rebuild from the unrelenting deluge that's caused millions, if not billions, of dollars in damage. Already powerful winds have toppled trees onto cars and even blew this semi-truck on its side, shutting down San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge. In Coralitos, this family having to use a zip line to bring food and supplies to their neighbors after a bridge washed away, cutting off access to their community. Who's right here? Oh my God, get away! Near Santa Barbara, onlookers capturing this dangerously close call as one street crumbles. Further south in Orange County, one woman had to be rescued from a tree as floodwaters rapidly rose around her. The wrath of these winter rainstorms has already killed at least 22 people, more than any single wildfire since 2018. Severe storms have also ravaged the southeast, where more than a dozen tornadoes barreled through parts of Georgia and Alabama, killing at least nine people. Back out west, an already drenched California, now hoping these latest storms don't take conditions from bad to worse. And guys, the good news in all of this, this wave is likely the last of the severe weather, at least for now. January is expected to be pretty dry, which is going to help communities like this rebuild. Chanel? They can get a break there. Dana, thank you. All right, for more on the storms and your forecast to begin this week, we say good morning to Dylan. She's in for Al. Hey, Dylan. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it's the rain and then the wind because the ground is totally saturated. So if you get wind gusts up to 30, 40 miles per hour, everything kind of topples because it doesn't have that secure foundation in that wet ground. We do still have the flash flood watches and warnings still in effect. Include San Francisco under a watch right now, and the rain is pretty heavy, although moving to the east. We are going to see more rain take hold down across Southern California, too. And then this also means more mountain snow. So this is probably the last storm system we'll see for a while. As it moves inland, it'll bring that snow and the rain into the southwest. And we are looking for several inches of snow and uh, I'd say several feet of snow, actually. Also several inches of rain, too. And that threat will continue to move eastward as we go into Tuesday. So we're looking, I'd say, an additional one to two inches of rain, especially interior parts of California. We can see rainfall rates up to a half an inch per hour. Again, that leads to the threat of flooding and the mudslides, too. And even in the Sierra Nevada mountain range, we could see another 36 inches of snow before all is said and done as this moves eastward, Chanel. All right, Dylan, thank you. Today has been declared a national day of mourning in Nepal after the worst air disaster there in decades. A plane carrying 72 people crashed yesterday on the way to a popular tourist town. And overnight, chilling videos have emerged of the flight's final moments. NBC's Molly Hunter has the very latest. Molly? Molly? 
Chanel, good morning to you. Now, investigators are actually on the crash scene this morning. Cloudy weather is hampering those efforts. Now, authorities have confirmed 68 people dead. And Chanel, there is no sign of any survivors. Overnight, investigators were covering the black boxes from Yeti Flight 691, the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder intact and will help explain what caused the twin-engine ATR-71 aircraft to go down on a sunny, clear day. Looking out the window, this Facebook live stream video shows the plane coming in for landing. It was supposed to be just a 27-minute flight, seen here in its final seconds, banking hard to the left, rolling 90 degrees, then flying out of the shot. Then you hear the terrifying impact. A loud, thunderous crash, this eyewitness says. We saw a lot of smoke and rushed to the site. Having that abrupt roll uh, tells me that there's something potentially going on aerodynamically. Uh, perhaps it was a lower than prescribed airspeed that caused uh, one of the wings to aerodynamically stall. A routine trip from Kathmandu to the popular tourist destination, the Himalayan city of Pakara. On board, 72 people, including 15 foreign nationals. There's no word on any survivors. In contact with the airport just before crashing, about a mile short of its final destination. The plane breaking apart in this steep ravine, crowds of people rushing to help. The thick black smoke billowing from the site evidence the plane had plenty of fuel. It's now the scene of Nepal's deadliest aviation accident in 30 years. The high altitude, the mountains, the difficult runways, and the weather, all historic contributors to Nepal's spotty aviation safety record, but don't appear to be factors. At the airport and hospital, distraught relatives waiting for any news. But this morning, the focus turns to recovery and the investigation. Now, Nepal's aviation safety record isn't great. There was actually a plane crash in that same area, very similar back in May, killing 22 people. The good news, though, according to experts, is that Nepalese authorities are pretty transparent when it comes to investigations. Chanel? All right, Molly, thank you. Now to a frightening close call between two planes at New York's JFK airport. It happened on Friday. I want to show you this animation, and you can see a Delta jet on the bottom of your screen about to take off when the pilot breaks just moments before a possible collision with an American oh. Airlines plane. Where was the miscommunication between the American crew and the air traffic controllers? The Delta crew was doing exact everything they were told to do. Very close call. No one was hurt in the incident, but the Delta flight returned to the gate where passengers and crew members deplaned. The FAA and NTSB are now investigating. Also this morning, Republicans are ratcheting up pressure on President Biden and demanding answers after the discovery of even more classified documents at his home in Delaware. NBC's Monica Alba joins us from the White House. Monica, good morning. Chanel, good morning. President Biden didn't address the classified documents investigation over the weekend, instead letting his lawyers do the talking. The White House responding to mounting pressure released new information about additional records found in the president's Wilmington residence, attempting to explain why they haven't been more transparent as the controversy enters its second week. Frustration growing this morning inside the White House over the ongoing backlash to the discovery of classified documents in President Biden's private office and Delaware home, including from the president himself, according to three sources familiar with the matter. The battle for the soul of this nation is perennial. It's a constant struggle. The president in Atlanta Sunday celebrating the life of Martin Luther King Jr. in the church he once led. President, are you willing to 
while staying silent on the latest developments, including revelations over the weekend that more classified material was found at Mr. Biden's Wilmington home. All of it adding to growing questions about how the sensitive records ended up in his possession after leaving the vice presidency. Mr. Biden's personal attorney arguing they can't release certain details, quote, relevant to the investigation while it is ongoing. The total number of pages recovered is unclear, but documents with classification markings have been identified in multiple locations. Less than a dozen at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. back in November, while the rest were unearthed in the president's Wilmington residence in the last month, found in a locked garage and an adjacent room. The White House admitting Saturday that more classified material than previously known had been examined and handed over to the Department of Justice. As some Democrats concede the communication misstep, especially given the president's past criticism of Donald Trump's handling of classified information. It's certainly embarrassing. While defending key differences in the cases. More than 300 classified records were seized by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago after the former president refused to hand them over to the National Archives. That's apples and oranges. So we should keep a, a sense of proportion and measure. But that hasn't stopped House Republicans from already launching several investigations. What's real concerning to me is how justice is applied and is it applied equally? The GOP-led House Oversight Committee is now calling for the release of visitor logs from President Biden's Delaware home. Chairman James Comer writing a letter to the White House Chief of Staff citing a potential national security concern when it comes to any individuals with possible foreign connections who might have had access to the documents in recent years. Chanel? All right, Monica, thank you. And we have a lot more to get to, including the NFL playoffs. The road to the Super Bowl off to a wild start with upsets and games coming down to the wire. Of course, a lot of attention on Buffalo. The Bills advancing after their team met face-to-face with DeMar Hamlin. NBC's Jesse Kirsch is there for us this morning. Buffalo is celebrating Jesse. Yeah, once again, Tom, a thrilling wild card weekend across the country. We had a historic comeback, nail biters, an upset, and of course, more tributes here for DeMar Hamlin, who this weekend, for the first time since he got out of the hospital, was able to visit teammates in person. This morning, the Buffalo Bills celebrating a wild card win and more progress for DeMar Hamlin. The Bills' safety visiting teammates this weekend for the first time since he got out of a Buffalo hospital following his on-field cardiac arrest earlier this month. It brought smiles and happy tears to everybody in the building. And while some fans hoped Hamlin would make a game day appearance in person, he tweeted, supporting from home as I focus on my recovery. Nothing I want more than to be out there with them. Number three, still represented from the sidelines to the stands. Even if he's watching from home, he's here with us. Exactly, he's here with us. Live tweeting as his teammates held off the Miami Dolphins. Next up, the Bills host the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat the Baltimore Ravens Sunday after the Bengals' Sam Hubbard recovered a near-goal-line fumble, taking it for a stunning 98-yard touchdown. Fans here in Buffalo ready for the two squads to face each other once again after their regular season meeting was called off because of Hamlin's emergency. After what this team and, and the Bengals went through on that Monday night game, and especially for all the fans, it, it would just be special. In other action, the New York Giants upset the Minnesota Vikings with this fourth quarter touchdown to put them through 31-24. to The Giants, the only underdog to win this weekend, getting their first postseason victory in more than a decade. But the wildest of the wildcard games this weekend may have been this historic comeback. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars' young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, threw four first-half interceptions, at one point trailing the Los Angeles Chargers by 27 points. But somehow, the Jaguars clawed back to win 31-30 on this game-winning field goal. Fight, keep battling. Didn't matter what the score was, and that's why we had a chance to win it. After the victory, Jacksonville's QB celebrating with a late-night trip to a local Waffle House. So the next wild card matchup, the last one of the wild card round is tonight in Tampa Bay. It's the Buccaneers up against the Dallas Cowboys. And a question for a lot of football fans out there. Could this be Tom Brady's actual last game if he does not win tonight? Tom? Another great matchup. I doubt it, but we'll definitely be watching. And guys, we were just talking. It's been two weeks since the DeMar Hamlin thing happened. It's, it's hard incredible. to believe it's only been two weeks. Yeah. You know, well, we're just happy he's, he's bouncing okay back. and he's getting yeah. better. All right, let's bring back in Dylan now for the rest of your forecast. Yeah, and it is a, a little messy in certain parts of the country, especially out west where we have yet another storm system making its way on shore. Mountain snow too. Light snow also across the northern plains and the upper Midwest, across Minnesota, northwestern Wisconsin. It's warm down south, but we could see a couple of spotty storms today, especially uh, through the Ohio River Valley as we go into this afternoon. But in the northeast, we had some light snow, 1.6 inches of snow in Boston, bringing up the total for the season close to three inches. Not much for New England, that's for sure. But that storm will continue to exit and temperatures will be in the 30s and 40s. And that's your latest forecast. All right, All right Dylan. Still ahead, triumph to tragedy at the University of Georgia after a young player and a member of the team's staff were killed in a car crash just hours after the national championship victory parade. We'll have the very latest. Plus, a growing target for thieves coast to coast, and it's sitting in your driveway perhaps right now. Vicki Wynn shows us why catalytic converters are so valuable and how you can protect your car. But first, this is Today on NBC. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi. It's more popular than influencers. See you in there. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back at 7.30 with the memorial in Washington, D.C., honoring Martin Luther King Jr. on this day to celebrate his life and legacy. Many set to market with a day of service in their communities really all over the country today. Yeah, but first, let's get a check of your 7.30 headlines. A University of Alabama basketball player has been charged with capital murder after a fatal shooting near campus. 
Tuscaloosa police, a 21-year-old Darius Miles, was one of two men arrested yesterday after a 23-year-old woman was shot and killed. Investigators say it appears the shooting was a result of a minor altercation. The university says Miles has been removed from campus and is no longer a member of that basketball team. Italy's most wanted man, mafia boss, Matteo Messina Denaro, was arrested today after three decades on the run. Messina Denaro is a convicted murderer who has eluded authorities for 30 years. The 60-year-old is thought to be the leader of the notorious Cosa Nostra organized crime group. Italy's prime minister says the arrest in Sicily was a, quote, great victory for the state that shows it never gives up in the face of the mafia. And SpaceX launched its Falcon Heavy rocket last night on a classified national security mission for the U.S. Space Force. It was the fifth launch for the Falcon Heavy, which has the capability of carrying large payloads to the moon and to Mars. Shortly after the successful journey, two side boosters, take a look, landed back at Cape Canaveral. Always cool to see that. Pretty cool. All right. Well, we have a lot more to cover, including Georgia's victory in college football's national championship, now tainted by tragedy. Yeah, just hours after the school's victory parade, a car crash killed two members of the team and injured two others. NBC's Blaine Alexander is in Athens, where the community is in mourning. Blaine? Well, guys, good morning to you. This truly is just a stunning emotional whiplash. On Saturday afternoon, members of the football team, along with fans, gathered right here at Sanford Stadium to celebrate UGA's second straight national championship. Only hours later, that player was gone. And now this place has become the site of so many tributes and memories pouring out in in just tragedy. This morning, investigators are still working to determine what caused that accident, as so many are mourning those two young lives. He was a fixture on the field during Georgia's undefeated season and helped the Bulldogs clinch a second straight national championship. Now the football world and beyond mourning the sudden tragic death of offensive lineman Devin Willick, killed in a weekend car accident. According to police, 20-year-old Willick was riding in a Ford Expedition near UGA's campus early Sunday morning when the vehicle left the roadway, striking two power poles and several trees. Willick died at the scene. Also killed, the driver, 24-year-old Chandler LaCroix, a recruiting analyst for the team. Two others, who were also with the football program, survived. All of a sudden outside, I hear the sound crash. The power goes out. Cecily Pangburn lives nearby and called 911. She went outside and saw the car. I don't think there was a single piece of it that was still in one piece. Like The entire thing was just crumpled like tinfoil. A tragedy deepened only by the timing. Just hours earlier, Willick joined his teammates in a victory parade through Athens, celebrating the team's second straight national title. Willick played both seasons, his determination on display in an interview last year. I never believed that there's ever a chance I cannot get better. His heartbroken mother, Charlene, speaking with NBC News by phone, says he was a caring person and a great son who loved the game. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to play football. He was so proud of that team. Now his teammates are sharing in that devastation. On social media, countless tributes, memories from his brothers on the field. Head coach Kirby Smart is remembering Willick as an outstanding young man in every way, always smiling, a joy to coach, and praising LaCroix's incredible attitude and energy. But perhaps Philadelphia Eagles player and former UGA star Jordan Davis said it best, there is no grief without love, and we love both of you like family. 
Guys, this is just an unspeakable tragedy. Now, Willick's final post on Twitter really gives a glimpse into just who he was and what so many people thought of him. It's a retweet that he posted, and it shows pictures of him with a young fan. Those pictures were posted by that little boy's grandfather. He says that they actually met Willick on Saturday after that parade here in Athens, and he posted them thanking the player for taking time to spend time with his grandson, saying, you made his day and you made him feel special. Oh, Guys. my goodness. Oh, so sad. Our thoughts and prayers with the friends and family and, of course, that team. So Right. Thank okay. you, Blaine. Still ahead, what famed director James Cameron is revealing about his own investigation into the Titanic fan theory that Jack could have survived. But first, Vicky wins here with a costly crime on the rise. And Vicky, the target is in our driveways. Hi, good morning, Tom and Chanel. It sure is. Most cars contain a catalytic converter. It's an essential part of the car. The thing is, they also contain precious metals that are worth thousands of dollars, making them a major uh, uh, target for thieves across the country. Coming up, I'm going to show you what you can do to protect your car. That's next, right here on Today. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We are back at 739 with Consumer Confidential. This morning, a growing problem that every driver needs to know about. Yeah, a device that's in every car has become a popular target for thieves. It's called the catalytic converter, and once it's gone, your car is virtually useless. Even worse, replacing it can cost you thousands of dollars. NBC senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with more. This is certainly concerning, Vicki. It sure is. Good morning, Chanel and Tom. Catalytic converters, they're connected to your car's muffler. They help filter out harmful emissions. They're also made with precious metals, which is making them very valuable targets for thieves, especially right now with inflation. Those precious metals are worth thousands of dollars. So here are some very simple things you can do to help keep your car safe. Across the country, thieves caught on camera. Brazen thefts of catalytic converters in broad daylight. In November, a federal takedown of a criminal network dealing in stolen catalytic converters. 21 arrests across the U.S. and $545 million in assets seized, including homes, cash, and luxury vehicles. What makes converters so hot? They contain precious metals like rhodium, palladium, and platinum. Right now, rhodium alone valued at more than $12,000 per ounce. And it's consumers who pay the price. It can cost anywhere from two to $5,000 to have a mechanic replace your catalytic converter. So what can you do to protect this very valuable part of your car? With me now is Sergeant Justin Mount of the Orlando Police Department. Thank you so much. So first, let me ask you, how easy is it for them to get under and steal one of these? 
It's very simple, Vicky. Basically, all they do is they just make a couple cuts, remove the O2 sensor, and they're gone in 60 seconds or less. Under a minute. Under a minute. What are some things consumers can do to protect their catalytic converters? Well, here's an option for people. It's a shield, and oh, wow. essentially it just goes and bolts right up to basically block the catalytic converter, okay. and uh, you can have your mechanic install it. There's smaller ones that they make, you know, cages that just protect around the catalytic converter. And it's not necessarily going to stop them from stealing it. It just might make it harder and be more of that deterrent that uh, makes them move on to the next vehicle. Shields can cost anywhere from two to $600. Sergeant Mount also recommends having a mechanic engrave the VIN or vehicle identification number on the catalytic converter and coat it with a bright high temperature paint. One can cost less than 15 bucks. Some police departments also offer kits like this to etch a unique code registered to your car's VIN. Police in Orlando investigating a growing number of cases, more than 300 in 2022. That's up 618 percent from two years ago. Nationally, cases up 1,215 percent. They come in from out of town. Yeah. They'll come in for a weekend. They'll hit us hard and they're gone. Sergeant Mountain says when parking at a hotel or mall, choose interior spots to make it harder for thieves to get under your car. And pay attention if you see anyone walking around with a cordless saw. Right then and there, that should tell you like something is not right. Mm -hmm. And go ahead, call 911. Get a good description, whether it's the vehicle or a tag. And when you're home? The idea is to park in your garage if you can. But what if you've got to park in a driveway or on the street? What should you be thinking about? Lighting is huge. Better lit the driveway is, the better you're going to be as far sure. as deterring criminals. Spotlights are also very good. What about security cameras? They're relatively inexpensive now. The ones that they have are battery operated and they have good quality video. So they're, they're very helpful when it comes to evidence that we can use to solve these crimes. When you have all this stuff installed, is that also potentially a deterrent to the thieves? Yes. These guys are going to see that and they'll move on to the next. These crimes can be hard to solve. Sergeant Mount says spread the word by sharing pictures, security camera video, and details about any thefts with your neighborhood group or websites like Nextdoor. People can help you gather the clues by yes. getting descriptions, license plates. That's where it starts. If we have that as a lead, man, that goes a long way. Wow, that's so interesting. So then what should you do if your converter does get stolen? The first thing you want to do is call your insurance company. It would be covered likely under the comprehensive coverage. But here's the thing. Most of us have collision coverage. Mm -hmm. We don't pay the extra for comprehensive. Mm -hmm. But depending on what you drive, where you live, if these thefts are on the rise in your community like Orlando, it might be worth it to invest in that extra insurance right now. And Vicki, you were saying you could actually tell once you start driving your car, something's wrong. Oh yeah, the sound. I mean, it's gonna be super loud and your car is not gonna pass an inspection. So you could probably drive it home from okay. wherever the wow. converter was stolen, but you're not gonna wanna drive around with that. This is okay. so important that we're talking about this. Vicki, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh, all right, time to check in with Dylan. Dylan. Good morning again, guys. It is cold in a lot of places, especially down south. Look in Florida right now where we have frost advisories and freeze warnings extending all the way into southern Florida. Miami feels like 47 degrees right now. It's only 40 in Fort Myers, Orlando too. Daytona Beach, 37 degrees. It is very, very cold in the southeast, also cold enough in the northeast for some snow, especially across uh, down east Maine into 
to the Boston area where we've had about an inch and a half of snow. The storm itself is going to continue to move eastward and up into Bangor, Maine. We have more of that icy mix uh, and where the ice is falling, we could end up with that glaze, that coating on the ground that makes things very, very slippery. Also is dangerous for power lines too. down through Massachusetts into New Hampshire. We also have some of that light snow falling and it won't accumulate all that much, but enough to make things a little slippery if you're out and about this morning. We also have a little bit of light snow falling across the northern plains and the upper Midwest and back through Illinois today. We could see some rain and some scattered storms. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Up next inside the search for America's newest billionaire. (laughs) Yeah, we're live in the small town in Maine where the winning ticket in that historic Mega Millions drawing was sold right after this. Uh, we're back with the sleepy little town in Maine, now buzzing with excitement this morning after the winning ticket in that historic Mega Millions drawing was purchased there. NBC's Kathy Park joins us with more on the search for America's newest billionaire. Have you found them yet, Kathy? <laughs> She's me. <laughs> Hey, guys, good morning. Well, I can tell you it certainly wasn't me. So there goes that ticket. But the winning ticket was sold right here in Lebanon, Maine, at the hometown Gas and Grill. So far, no one has come forward, but many residents hope that it's one of their own. The nation's newest billionaire could be from Lebanon, Maine, after the winning Mega Millions ticket was traced back to this small rural town of just over 6,400 residents. Was it you? Unfortunately, it was not me. Do you have any idea who the winner might be? No, I've got no idea. But we do know the winning ticket, worth a whopping $1.35 billion, was sold at Hometown Gas and Grill, a popular stop among locals. The luck of the draw can happen anywhere, but it is a, a welcome enjoyment when it when it hits really close. At first, the store owner, Fred Cattro, didn't believe the stroke of luck. My cell phone went off. It was an Augusta, Maine phone number. He identified himself as a lottery agent. I thought it was a scam. He said, within a few minutes, it's going to go live on the media. I suggest you get down to the store. Karen Downs and Ronnie DeVoe both say they worked the registers Friday the 13th when one of them printed out the lucky numbers, which happened to be Maine's first ever Mega Millions jackpot. Her head in our hands. We just can't believe we did it here. With no winner for three months, the jackpot grew to become the second largest payout in the history of Mega Millions. The highest, a little more than $1.5 billion won in South Carolina in 2018. The largest lottery prize ever climbed to $2 billion, and the winning ticket was sold last November at Joe's Service Center in Southern California. But it's still a mystery if anyone claimed their fortune. Back in Lebanon, Maine, residents are eager to see who comes forward and hopeful it's one of their own. For the first time in a long time, Lebanon's actually on the news and it's it's something positive, something good. This is exactly what this area needed. Now, lottery officials here in Maine say that the winner can remain anonymous if represented by a trust. But the clock is really ticking because they now have up to a year to claim this massive prize. And the earliest that this person can come forward is tomorrow because the offices are closed today. Meanwhile, it's important to note that the store is getting a cut, too. They're getting $50,000. And the owner, Fred, you saw him in that story. He said he's going to be sharing this money. Some of it will be going to his staff. He's going to give it back to the community 
community, and whatever's left will be going back to this store. Well, that's oh, really nice. God. Sharing yeah. the love yeah. all around. That is nice. Would you say anonymous? I, I don't know. I was going to say it's a small town, Thanks, so you Kathy. know someone's yeah, going to talk. Someone's going to talk. Redoing their house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, buy a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, ahead on Popstart, the can't-miss moments from last night's Critics' Choice Awards. Plus, Jennifer Lopez and Josh Jamel's Shotgun Wedding, what the stars are saying to us about the new rom-com, including the surprise appearance at Dunkin' Donuts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 